Welcome to the Best in Tech 2014. This is, this is our sixth annual Best in Tech. Can you believe it? It's six years already gone. <laughs> Thank you very much for being, um, for being here. My name is Raquel Desipera. And um, I just wanted to thank all of our um, gold sponsors, AI Squared, Freedom Scientific, and Hims Incorporated. And of course, we want to thank our other vendors, About Low Vision, Adoptive Voice, AirCLA, A.T. Cratter and Company, Braille Institute, iTech Low Vision, Humanware, Los Angeles Low Vision, and Sweetman Systems. Thank you very, very much for your continued support to Best in Tech. I hope I did not forget any vendor. So anyway, yes, and I also want to thank all of the, um, the, the staff of the Center for the Partially Sighted and the members of the San Fernando Valley Chapter. Thank you. Thank you to Bernard and Julian for helping us with setting up the uh, registration website, the Best in Tech Info website. Um, thank you to the um, planning committee, Robert Steigel, Joyce Steigel, Dr. Botakeshta, and Julian Vargas for helping and putting together this event for you. Of course, thank you to Audio Internet Reading Service of Los Angeles for recording the workshops this morning and also for recording this main presentation. And um, of course, thank you to um, our volunteers from the Alpha Gamma Sigma from the um, Santa Monica College. And also, um, the group of John Picasso from Circle K. Thank you very much to, for being here. So without further ado, I'm going to turn over the microphone to Robert Steigel, the president of the San Fernando Valley Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind. Thank you, Raquel. I appreciate that. <clears throat> and thank you, everyone. The National Federation of the Blind is organized on the national level, of course, with our headquarters being in Baltimore, Maryland. Our president is Mark Riccobono. <clears throat> we are organized on the state level, and here in California, our state office is in Pleasanton, with our state president being Mary Willows. <clears throat> And we have chapters up and down the state from San Diego all the way to Reading and anywhere in between. So check out our website, which is sixdots.org, to find out a chapter near you. If there isn't one, we have an at-large chapter which meets by telephone each month, so you can find information about that as well. The San Fernando Valley chapter, if you're interested in attending our meetings, hey, yay, here claps back there. Um, we meet once a month at the Center for the Partially Sighted in Tarzana. We're very appreciative for the CPS to allow us to be there. And we have monthly meetings as well as other activities that we have during, during the year. Uh, things like going fishing, my favorite, self-defense classes, CPR training, and other events. And we are having a holiday party coming up in December where we are adopting a child 
and we will be uh, Santa Claus will be coming for a blind child, so that's a lot of fun. <clears throat> no, so yay! <clears throat> and what? No, I'm not Santa Claus. I don't think. <laughs> I may be. You never know. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's right. And lastly, I want to I leave you with this. The National Federation of the Blind believes that blindness is not the characteristic that defines you or your future. <clears throat> Every day we raise expectations because low expectations create obstacles between you and your dreams. You can live the life you want Blindness is not what holds you back. <laughs> now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you our first presenter, the vice president of the San Fernando Valley chapter, someone who knows a lot about iPhone and other phones as well. He's someone who, when I need to find something that I don't know the information to, I call him. Uh, give a hand to our first presenter, Julian Vargas. Hey, Julian. Hey. All right. Um, before I get started, uh, just a brief query. Uh, we're looking for uh, Steve Bauer. Lalo Lazardi and who else? And Ken Metz. If 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 you're in this room, please come up to the front table here, where the speakers are, and we'll seat you in rotation. All right. So we're ready to talk some tech. Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about OCR. Anybody not know what OCR is? All right, good. We got a room full of very bright people. I love that. <laughs> Optical character recognition. This is what helps a totally blind person to be able to have access to printed material, such as uh, something you get in the mail or a brochure, etc. Well, the app I'm going to talk to you about is the KNFB Reader app available for the iPhone which is an awesome app. It's really made a tremendous difference. But before I get to that, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a rundown and a history of uh, how OCR has come to be for us as a, as a solution. Back in the mid-1970s, there's a guy you all might have heard of named Ray Kurzweil. He invented um, something he called the reading machine back in the 1970s. It was about the size of a home appliance, and it cost, well... A couple drops in the bucket here, $50,000. <laughs> but as much as that sounds, it was the first time that blind people had access to printed material without having to have a sighted person to read it to them. That was a huge breakthrough. But of course, you know, not very convenient in terms of uh, something you could just easily bring around from room to room, let alone uh, from place to place. So as time went on, uh, these machines got smaller. And as we notice, that's the trend here, is that the things get smaller and more powerful. So then we started seeing machines like, uh, many of you probably heard of the Reading Edge. Remember that when that came out? That was pretty cool. It was about $5,000. And um, it was certainly a lot smaller than a, than a home appliance, and you can carry it with you from room to room and things like that. But uh, 
It wasn't very portable. And then, of course, we also had various computer and scanner combinations with software, like Kurzweil software and OpenBook and things like that. But again, not always the most portable, but more portable than the original reading machine. So none were really truly portable until uh, Ray Kurzweil got together with the NFB, and they came up with something called the KNFB Reader, now known as the KNFB Reader Classic. And what this was was a PDA with a 5-megapixel camera attached to the back of it. And all of that together running special software for the first time made it possible for a blind person to have access to printed material on the go. That came out in 2005. So, and that was great, and you could, you know, you could carry it with you in a bag or something like that. But um, they decided to dare to be smaller. And in 2008, they came out with the KNFB Reader Mobile that ran on Nokia Symbian phones. Um, by the way, I should have mentioned the price of the KNFB Reader Classic was $3,500. The the, pr the price of the KNFB Reader Mobile, which ran on these Nokia phones, the whole package combined was about $2,000. So, again, sounds like a lot of money, but remember, we started at 50000 and something with the size of a home appliance. <laughs> so that was a pretty big thing. And then, of course, uh, the iPhone came out and the Android phones came out and they became accessible. And then you can get these apps in the mainstream market that uh, helped with OCR. And... These are great. Uh, the ones that most notable that I, that I worked with a lot were TextGrabber and Prismo on iOS. And TextGrabber is available on both iOS and Android. Uh, they were really cool because they worked on the device that you're carrying with you anyway. But the only drawback was that uh, they weren't very good when you did freehand scanning, which means that you hold the phone above the document and take a picture because you're double tapping on the screen. It, it maybe jiggled the camera. And then if you didn't have the right lighting and you weren't, you didn't have enough space, know the right spacing between you and the uh, document. So that got to be a little crazy. And then we discovered this thing called the StanScan Pro that was originally made for people who wanted to take pictures of, of items to sell on eBay. But it was perfect for our use because it provided a, an environment of uniform lighting and the right distance between the phone and the document. And that device, uh, what did it cost? About $40 we bought the Pro version. And for the longest time, that was, uh, that was the go-to thing. It's what I recommended to all my students and anybody who asked me what was a good OCR solution. They also um, have, for those who don't like smartphones, uh, Hims Inc. has something uh, called the Blaze EZ, and the person speaking after me is going to tell you a lot more about that solution. So, you know, we're getting more portable, easier to work with, easier to carry with, but um, not always the best freehand solution. Well, now comes KNFB iOS. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with all of you. Uh, I bought the KNFB Reader app expecting to take it for a drive and tell people, hey, you know what, this is okay, but it's not that much better than the much cheaper freehand uh, or, or uh, open market solutions that I normally recommend. Boy, was I proven wrong. <laughs> And one of the reasons for that is, and people who complained about that, why, the, why don't they have an app? Why does everybody else have an app and not KNFB? Why aren't they on the iPhone? Their philosophy was that they refused to release a product that wasn't as good or better than the product that they had on the KNFB Reader Mobile. 
they wanted to make sure that if you're going to put your name on something, that it would be truly a good product and would stand uh, above the rest. So with this uh, KNFB Reader Mobile, you can read all kinds of printed documents, anything from uh, receipts, uh, stuff you get in the mail, brochures, uh, you name it. Anywhere in between, uh, you can read just about any document with this app. I've also had luck using it to read signs and the TV, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Watching something on TV, I've taken pictures, and I've actually gotten some of the access to the printed material. Like when you're watching the news, and there's some printed uh, stuff on the screen. I've actually been able to do that with this app. It also works with PowerPoint presentations. So if you're in a meeting and someone's talking and has a PowerPoint presentation going, a blind person can actually use this app to access the printed material that's on the screen from the PowerPoint presentation. One of the things that really sets this app apart is that the accuracy level is increased because of the built-in tools, uh, which means that a totally blind person can actually use this and get a pretty decent scan without too much effort. One of the tools is the field of view report, which tells a blind person whether all four edges of the document are visible, only three edges, two edges, that sort of thing, and the rotation, uh, your, uh, the phone's relative rotation to the, device, uh, to the paper that's being read. All these things make a tremendous difference in helping somebody who can't do this visually to now be able to get better information. There's also the tilt guidance vibration, because this is another thing. If your phone is tilted uh, not exactly flat, if you're tilted a little bit, uh, this could be problematic. Uh-oh, I better hurry up. <laughs> so there's automatic page detection. There's a batch mode, so if you've got to take a picture of multiple pages of something and then read it. There's, there's different reading modes for single and multi-column formats. There's synchronized text highlighting, so a low-vision person can see a box around the text as it's being read out loud, as well as uh, somebody access it with a Braille display. You can navigate text by line, sentence, and character, and things like that. You can import and export documents uh, to, uh, for example, you can import JPGs and PDF uh, image documents. You can export to cloud-based storage things like uh, Dropbox and Google uh, Drive, for example. It supports multi-languages, so you can read in multiple uh, different languages, and that's all can be changed in settings. And the best part of it is, is that it's only $99. So again, we started at 50000 and now we're at $99, and we can read just as good as we did with that first machine. So that's the KNFB Reader Mobile. I'll be around after the presentations here at this uh, table. If anybody wants to ask questions about it, I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you all for coming and listening. Our next presenter is going to talk about some hymns products, and uh, I've one of them I want to hear about myself. And so we're going to hear about the Blaze Easy that just came out and the um, iBot. Um, so the next person to speak is going to be Brett Nagatani. Hi everyone, thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, one thing, if someone, if someone lost a cell phone, it's an LG phone in kind of a pink case, come up and uh, see John, he has it up here. Uh, so this year for the Best of Tech, I get the opportunity to talk about two products. Since my time's limited, 
I'm going to just jump right into it. So both products I'm talking about today are made by the company called Hims. They have a booth right over there. So uh, after we're all done, you can go over and check it out. The first new product is called the Blaze. Oh, I apologize. It's to the left of the room. <laughs> the first new product is called the Blaze. The Blaze is a multifunctionally device that allows the user to play audiobooks, music, documents, podcasts, make recordings, and utilize optical character recognition on the go. Uh, the size of it, it's similar to a cell phone, and it measures about four and a half inches by two inches by about a half an inch, and it only weighs about 4.8 ounces. Um, with the Blaze, you have the, the opportunity to play various formats. So you can play DAISY files to listen to audiobooks. You can listen to MP3s, MP4s, WAV files, text files, doc files, and many more. Uh, you can also make recordings with this device. So if you're a student or if you need to just record pe personal notes or memos to yourself, you can do that in either MP3 or WAV format. Uh, the Blaze, it also has built-in Wi-Fi. It has an FM radio, and it will also announce the date and the time to you. There's built-in stereo speakers, but you can also plug in headphone jacks, and it has uh, 12 gigabytes of built-in memory, as well as a uh, SD card slot to expand the memory if you need to. It's Bluetooth compatible, uh, so you could connect it to the computer via USB also, and the battery life's approximately 15 hours. There's a handful of devices out there that's similar to this, but kind of the revolutionary feature of it is it has a 5-megapixel camera on the back that allows you to do optical character recognition on the go. Um, similar to the KNFB Reader Mobile, uh, basically you hold the device about 9 inches to 12 inches above uh, what you're looking at, push a button, it takes a picture, it processes it, and it'll start reading it out loud for you. Um, with the device, you can adjust the speed, the pitch, um, and the volume, and you can choose either between a male and a, or a female voice. Uh, you can even scan, uh, save the scan document at, for to read at a later time. Uh, price of this unit is six ninety five, and they also have a what they call their premium options pack for an additional one hundred forty nine. Um, with that, you get a, uh, a capture stand, so that way, if you have uh, some shakiness or unsteadiness, it'll capture a steady image for you. Uh, it comes with a spare battery as well as a spare AC adapter and charging cradle. Second product I'm going to go over really quickly is called the eBot. So for those of you who have attended the lecture over there, this is a little bit of a review. Um, and, but for those of you who, who weren't in there, uh, hopefully this is something new and exciting. Uh, there's three different models of the eBot. They have one called the Basic eBot, the eBot Advanced, as well as the eBot Pro. In the interest of time, I'm just going to talk about their top-of-the-line model with all the bells and whistles, which is called their eBot Pro model. Uh, the eBot Pro, basically what it is, it's a camera uh, that can attach to either an iPad, an Android tablet, a Mac, or a PC, and it allows uh, near viewing like a CCTV. You can also point the camera towards something at a distance so you can see like a, a chalkboard or a PowerPoint presentation, and it also utilizes the optical character recognition. Um, this device, when it's unfolded, it measures about 9 inches by 16 inches by about 15 inches. It weighs about 6.8 pounds. It has a custom carrying case, and it also has built-in speakers and an earphone jack. Battery life is about 4 hours on a single charge. Uh, you can choose between 56 different color combinations. You could do lines, blinds. And with their, uh, their Pro model, you can even save the text or the image or the videos on an SD card. What's really neat about it, too, is that there's no wires or there's no um, 
extra stuff. Uh, the way it connects to the iPad is it has its own built-in Wi-Fi connection. And uh, this morning, James, he told us that, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty unhackable, so it's very secure. Um, you can also connect this device to a computer or a uh, video monitor via HDMI cable. Um, to scan around, it has a little built-in joystick, so you can utilize the joystick to scan around for a book or something at a distance. And what's neat about their Pro model is their optical character recognition. It'll actually capture a whole 8.5 by 11 page. Um, all in all, it's a pretty nice portable option that gives a lot of accessibility to those with iPads and portable Android tablets. Their top-of-the-line model is uh, 3895. Uh, their other two models are 2695 for the basic model and 2995 for their middle model. Um, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go through all the different features, so you can go visit their booth. Um, and that that was uh, pretty much the the two products that I wanted to talk about today. Um, eBot also uh, comes with, there's an option of 14 different languages. So um, James said currently they have English, Spanish, and French, and they're slowly rolling out the other languages. Um, the, this is a very new product. It just got released a couple months ago. So thank you very much for sharing your time with me, and uh, have fun at the event. What I'd like to do before I go on to talk about what I think is one of the best in tech for 2014, I'd like to ask Mr. James McCarthy from Hims, one of our gold sponsors, to come up here to speak briefly about some of the advances in their products. And I, I'm, I'm very, very pleased because, as you can tell from Dr. Nagatani's presentation, it looks like Hims is spending a lot of money investing in research and development. So, James, are you here? Thank you, Dr. Bill, and thank you, uh, the National Federation of the Blind, uh, uh, San Fernando Valley chapter, but I don't know. I'm assuming there's people here from other areas in L.A. There you go. <laughs> you got yourself. Even even though even though I'm uh, uh, currently uh, living in Austin, Texas, which is the national office. Hey, you got Austin, Texas back. There we go. Uh, one Texan in the in the house. Um, he's buying a beer tonight. <laughs> okay, uh, but even though I'm living in Austin, I actually uh, started in this industry with a company called Visual Tech. Anybody remember that company? There you go. Okay, <laughs> so I got some roots here in L.A. Um, well. Hims, uh, we, we're actually uh, we, we're trying not to just develop Me Too products, and I think that's very significant, and that's one of the main reasons why, after being in this field for 28 years, four years ago I decided to join Hims uh, when Hims decided that they wanted to have their own wholly owned subsidiary in the North American market, uh, because I really like bringing some new technologies uh, to. The people who are blind and visually impaired. I'm visually impaired myself. I'm, you know, I know some of you may not know because when two visually impaired or one blind and one visually impaired people meet each other, they sometimes don't recognize that at first, uh, especially in big rooms like this. So, uh, yes, uh, our latest product is eBot. And there was a presentation on eBot. We have it at, at our, our table uh, here to my left. Uh, so if you're interested in eBot, it's uh, the first and currently the only uh, Portable reading, writing, and distance magnification video magnifier 
that is uh, iPad and Android tablet compatible, meaning we display the camera's image on the iPad or Android tablet screen. Uh, and I think that's real significant because it adds a level of portability uh, to uh, the users of this type of device. Uh, two of the three eBot models also add OCR text-to-speech. So it's also a talking device. It'll, it'll read a document. Uh, it actually uses the same camera that our Blaze EZ uses that was spoken of earlier. Um, we are introducing two new products at the ATIA conference uh, in, in Orlando in January. And, of course, those products will also be shown in a more final format at the CSUN conference. And we're counting on those products shipping in the second quarter of next year. Uh, we just had our 2015 engineering meeting, and there's a lot of new technologies. Uh, I mentioned in the you know, eBot session something that we really didn't publicize, but in groups across the country we're mentioning this. Uh, HIMS was actually acquired recently. And normally acquisitions don't sound that good. They strike a little something, you know, like things are changing. Well, in this case, things are changing good because it, we were actually looking for engineering investment in Korea where our engineering and, and manufacturing is done. And this engineering talk led to a CEO of one of the companies who we were talking with to want to acquire the company. Just so happened they had very compatible technologies uh, the company that acquired us is named Diotech, D-I-O-T-E-K. They have a product, uh, for example, they make products on smartphones. There's a product called Dionote. It's a free app you can download uh, on your iPhone or iPad or uh, your, your Android device. And it's a handwriting recognition. Okay? Uh, and they have other kinds of recognition that they do uh, with smartphones and, and uh, tablets. Uh, and they're owned by a company uh, that makes the uh, apps called Polaris. People are familiar with that? Yeah. Uh, so that's actually who our new owners are. Uh, they're an engineering company that has technologies that we can use, and we actually have technologies that they can use. One of the technologies that they're looking forward to using is our technology of how the, uh, the e-bot e talks to the tablets over Wi-Fi. It's called video compression technology. And uh, so we were very compatible, and uh, we were going to loan engineers uh, to each other uh, as part of the engineering investment, but then we had problems figuring out how to account for the engineering hours. And the bottom line was, well, why don't we just buy this company and then we don't have to worry about it. We'll just get the job done. So uh, that's some news to share with you. So I think there's a lot, uh, because engineering takes usually 12 to 18 months to bring a product to market. So uh, there's going to be a lot coming forward in uh, some in 2015, but even more in 2016. So uh, feel free, whenever you see us at a conference, come up, and you can ask myself or any of our management staff or technical staff, and we'll share with, with you what we can. Thank you. Thank you, James. Okay, thank you very much, James. That's uh, really great that you guys are expanding. Well, the product that I want to talk about as what I think is one of the best in tech for 2014 is the Enhance Vision Smart Reader. And as you can tell, the theme really seems to be for 2014 that there's a lot of technology that does perform optical character recognition. And I think that we're finding a couple of things as optometrists who specialize in low vision. One of them is that with many of our patients 
who are able to see well enough to read with a magnifier or with a video magnifier, they still really, really like optical character recognition. They want a CCTV that will read it for them. Or if their eyes do become tired, they want that ability to have the optical character recognition read for them as well. Now, one of the things that I was interested in was, is there a particular piece of equipment that a person could take to school or to their office or to a lecture such as this and not have to carry their computer and not have to look for an electrical outlet and be able to scan accurately and read back? And when I was introduced to the Enhanced Vision Smart Reader, it basically did everything that I was looking for. It runs on battery, it's very lightweight and portable, and it does an excellent job at scanning. What's also very nice about it is that it's able to scan in different languages, you could have different voices, and you're also able to save what you have scanned. One of the things that I think is also really very, very nice about this device is that it scans quickly and it's also very easy to understand the voice. I'm certain that many of you have heard some of the different products and it's a little difficult to understand what has been read. So I encourage all of you to go to the Enhanced Vision booth and check out the Smart Reader because this is something that could really fill a gap or a void that you may have in your arsenal of different tools. Even though things such as the Kurzweil and other types of scanning devices that you could use with your phone are excellent, I think that in terms of performing a lot of scanning, you're going to find that the smart reader is going to be more accurate and more consistent and faster for performing that type of repetitive scan. So Enhanced Vision, we thank you for continuing to expand uh, your product line. Well, our next speaker, I think, has spoken at every one of our best in techs. And he is a teacher for the visually impaired in Anaheim. And many of you know this gentleman for all of the help that he gives to everyone. I always say this every year, but I can't leave it out. If it wasn't for this gentleman... I don't think that I would be working or doing anything at all. So without any further ado, Keith Christian. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Belt. That was amazing. Um, and, you, and you inspire all of us as well, don't, doesn't he? inspire me. Yes, he does. And motivates us too. Yeah, I need to bow to you. Okay. Well, thank you for having me here today. It's always a pleasure to be here. Today I'd like to talk to you about what I think is the best in tech. And, you know, sometimes the best in tech is really learning how to use the tech we already have in a new way to solve a problem. And I have a major problem. <laughs> and my problem is, 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 as a teacher of students with visual impairments, our students use note takers. My students use um, Braille notes, Apexes. And as you know, when you're using an APEC, a Braille note taker, it's not possible to see what students are reading and writing in the general education classroom. Yeah, someone agrees. And that's a problem. Well, what I've learned from Bob Sweetman over here at Sweetman Systems is that... Yeah. 
He taught me that it is possible to connect a visual display to an apex, making it possible to view what students are reading and writing on the apex. And it has tremendously improved the delivery of instruction for my students at my school. And I think it can improve the delivery of instruction for you as well. Um, there's two ways that uh, you can do this. And one is connecting a, a, a standard monitor that you would connect to your computer that has a VGA cable. You connect it directly to an Apex. Um, and it's very simple. You just plug it in and you go to Options. Press V for Visual Display, V for VGA, you press Enter, and whatever's being presented on the uh, apex is presented on the screen on the monitor. And it makes it possible for others around you in the classroom, as well as at home, to be able to see what you're reading and writing. This is really important because, for me, my students were not getting the same feedback or the feedback that they really needed in the general education classroom. Teacher, thank you. Teachers, teachers are able to see what students are doing in real time. Before using the visual display, students were printing assignments. They were turning them in. Teachers were writing their comments on it, giving it back to the student. The student would bring it to me, and we would provide the comments in accessible format. But after introducing the visual display in the general education classrooms, teachers were able to see what the students were reading and writing and be able to give feedback in real time, making those corrections along the way. And it makes it possible for the kids to turn in, well, their assignments on more. Well, what I found is that students are turning in more assignments and on time, which is huge. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, was, it improved the, 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 the students' participation in the general education classroom because they're able to read and write on their apex and have their peers sitting next to them and see what they're reading and writing for collaborative projects, being able to read and write, read books, just be able to be a normal peer with happen to just be using a Braille note taker, which has also changed the attitudes of the, our students their attitude and perception about being in the general education classroom. The more I can do it, attitude comes out in the students. But just as important, I'm finding that teachers have, have um, changed their attitudes towards having students with visual impairments in their classroom because they're able to provide that real-time feedback to students and see what their true capabilities are. And um, that's made a tremendous impact. The other way that you can do it is, is wirelessly through an iOS device with a router. It's, it's the same sort of setup as a visual display with using a computer monitor, but it's wireless. There's no wires. You're not tethered to a, uh, uh, a monitor. And, and by using an iOS device, you can actually use more than one iOS device as a visual display. So if a teacher um, wants to work with a student that's using Apex or even their peers in the classrooms who may be using an, a an iPhone or an iPad in the classroom, they can actually use their, their devices to connect with the Apex. And it's just, uh, it's just made a world of difference for me being able to assist students in improving their uh, instruction in the general education classroom and it's really made a difference for the students. So for me, it doesn't get any better than that. That's the best in tech for me for 2014. Thank you. And I'll be over at the uh, Sweetman Systems booth to demonstrate this for you if anyone's interested. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Keith. <laughs>
thank you. So, as Keith mentioned, if any of you want a demonstration of this, uh, he'll be at the Sweetman Systems booth. Our next speaker is a gentleman that I really admire, and if I had a voice like him, I would be working at KISS FM or something like that. <laughs> so, coming to us from Anaheim Braille Institute is Mr. Steve Bauer. Steve. 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 Hello, I'm Steve Bauer. <laughs> Actually, Dr. Bill said I came from Anaheim. Uh, truth be told, I live in Culver City, so my, my long commute is uh, Monday through Friday, so it's great to have you all here in my stomping grounds. Yeah, enjoy it. It's a great place. Thank you for being here. I just have to uh, make one comment about what Keith said. Uh, Keith put on a uh, presentation. That's not really the right word. It was, a, it was an exhaustive two-day seminar for uh, uh, parents and their kids uh, showing how to use uh, various technologies, chief among them being the pairing of the Braille note to these visual displays. And in my head, I knew it was possible, and I knew how it all worked, but i got to tell you, the emotional response that I saw in that room from parents who, for the first time, were able to, as a couple of them said, I can read along with my blind child now the same way I do with my sighted kid. It was just... And a, It was just an amazing experience, something that I wasn't expecting. So uh, it, it's uh, my hat's off to Keith for all the work he's doing on this. I'm going to talk today about uh, my best in tech for the year and something I've uh, been thinking about for a couple of years now and, and really didn't expect to do what I did at the uh, National ACB convention I attended in July, but I uh, uh, did a big impulse buy, and I'm not at all sorry I did. Now, uh, James McCarthy was saying before that uh, the uh, HIMSS folks do not want to just do Me Too products. And frankly, I always kind of, I, I'm, I tell you, I'm a, I, I was a huge Braille Note fan. I still am a huge Braille Note fan. I own one. I'm not going to sell it. I uh, have been a fan for over a decade and a user for over a decade, and it's a great product. But, and as much as I like the Braille Note for many of the things it does, the, uh, the address, the address uh, book, the day planner, uh, I think I do better with the day planner and the address book than folks using Outlook. It's pretty amazing. And even the word processor with, the, with its problems with uh, reading some kind of doc files and dot docs files, et cetera, I was able to work around and get into that. But what I became less and less enamored with was the ability for the BrailleNote products to work on the web. And I'm not a smartphone user yet, so uh, I have my computers and I have my note takers. And uh, the, uh, the idea that you can actually have a small device and use it on the web didn't seem out of line to me because a lot of my sighted friends are, but I wanted a self-contained device that had Braille that would put me on the web. And I started to notice more and more that HIMSS was doing that in a big way. They've actually come out with two updates to the BrailleSense line uh, in this year. And the second one added a Facebook client, added some other great stuff for the education market, by the way, which is pretty amazing. Uh, you can password protect your files and 
perhaps more importantly to the education market, you can password or you can lock out certain features. So if you want to have a student be able to use the calculator and be able to use the word processor but not to be able to go out on the Internet, you can lock that out. And the student can then have this great Braille device to use for uh, standardized testing and that sort of thing. So I'm going to talk today about the uh, I bought the, the U2 Mini, and uh, it is many, many, many things. Probably most of the things uh, the Braille Note does, the U2 Mini also does. Uh, but the web support is, to me, what really forced me over the edge to go for it. It's also very nice that it's a small package. The Braille Note, their 18 and 32 cell displays come in the same size package. The U2 Mini I can stick in my pocket. And I always used to kind of wonder about my friends that had, you know, iPhones and iPads and Macs and, you know, what do you need all these different size devices? I got to tell you, as much as I use my Braille Note at work, I am using the uh, Braille Sense a lot more at play. I can stick it in my pocket and just carry it around. And uh, that in itself is, even though I prefer the 32-cell display on my Braille Note for reading, uh, it's great to have this smaller device that is easier to carry. So what's so cool about the web on the uh, BrailleSense? Well, it has a lot of different ways you can access the web. The first one is simply a Google search tool. And one can press a couple of keyboard commands and uh, jump right into Google. It has the little edit box uh, symbol there. You type in a search, press enter, and it is lightning fast. It is not that much slower than my computer, frankly, for doing Google searches. And it'll give me 64... Uh, top results. I can very easily scroll down through them, read all of them, or read them one by one, click on one for a link, and it works great. They also give you what they call a quick browser, and it too is very, very fast. It does not support streaming audio, and it does not support Flash and a few other things, but if you're wanting to go to uh, a particular web page, I go to the Braille Institute web page all the time, I go to Wikipedia all the time, it works really, really well. Then, of course, there is the main browser. And it's a little bit slower, but i got to tell you, it's a whole lot faster than my Braille Note and even faster than some of my friend's smartphones. And what I do like about it, uh, as a, uh, a radio guy, I, I don't work in radio anymore, but I love listening to the radio, is that the ID3 tag information, the uh, song title and that sort of thing, is, is displayed right there on the Braille display without having to go anywhere else. Version 8.2, HIMS added uh, a Facebook app, and the uh, Facebook app and the Dropbox app are probably two that I've used more than anything else. And once you type in your credentials, by the way, you need to set up your Dropbox and your Facebook and your Twitter accounts on a PC. But once they're set up, once you've got your name and password, you put your credentials into the Braille note, in the, in the Braille sense, um, I've got mine set up to log on automatically. And, you know, if I have uh, five minutes at lunch to check Facebook, I pull out my Braille Sense, and it's connected to the Wi-Fi. In five seconds, I'm there reading my timeline, reading my news feed. Um, I can look at my friends list. I can like a post. I can post a post. Uh, my favorite way to do things is I'll, I'll write a post in the word processor and then just paste it into the Facebook app. That works very, very well. At the moment, Facebook chat is not working, and for some strange reason, you cannot confirm friends with the, uh, with the uh, Braille Sense, so you have to do that on a, on a PC. And also, it is not possible to click on links. So you have to 
copy the uh, link from a Facebook page and then paste it into one of the browsers. But uh, once you've done that, it works very, very well. Uh, I haven't really played much with Google Talk or Twitter, but I'm told they work very well. Uh, over in the media section, the YouTube app is really awesome, and I never realized how much time you could waste, I mean, spend on YouTube uh, until, I got my, until I got my U2. It is so much easier than using a computer for a blind person. Uh, you can, of course, type in a search very easily. You can search for top rated. You can search for uh, most viewed or most recent, any of the various things. If you're experiencing a uh, poor, less than stellar Internet connection, you can cache the YouTube uh, video and then play it. Of course, you're just playing the audio, and it sounds great. And while you're listening, you can use the space to pause and hit play again to start and stop the video. Uh, you can also view the title information, the, uh, the uh, view count, the comments, and the one that's really proven to be a time waster for me is the related videos. It's amazing how much time you can spend on YouTube just uh, cruising around. Dropbox is awesome. I love Dropbox, but I only, not being a smartphone guy, I only had it on my PC at work and my PC at home. Now I've got it in my pocket. And uh, again, my credentials are there. I just pull up Dropbox immediately within about five or six seconds. I've got an entire list of my files. And then I can choose a folder or a file that I want to download or upload. It's very, very simple to uh, do all that stuff. So some great web apps that uh, HIMSS has provided us. And the fact that they are doing a couple of updates a year really gives me encouragement that uh, there's going to be more great things to come. Just a few minor things besides the web that I want to talk about the, uh, the Sense products. They're a little bit more, if you're a BrailleNote user, they're a little bit more like Windows than um, the uh, BrailleNote is, but it's uh, very intuitive navigation. Uh, one thing I do find that I can't do in the BrailleNote is I'm able to paste folders inside folders like you can on Windows, and so that's very good. And the YouTube offers lots and lots of keystrokes. I think they give you uh, an 83-page manual with all the keystrokes in them. And frankly, I don't use the keystrokes as much as I do just go through the, the, uh, the uh, menus because I haven't memorized a lot of them. But I'm finding as I use the YouTube many more and more that more of the keystrokes that I use every day are starting to stick. And so, for example, I can, and, and uh, unlike the Braille note, there are four function keys on the uh, Braille sense. So, for example, I can hit function key J to go to Facebook immediately. Uh, I've memorized that for my email, I just do MMN to go into email, check for new email, and start reading it. Uh, there's a very simple command to turn the Wi-Fi on and off to save the battery, dot one four five six in the backspace. Whereas on the uh, Braille note, I had to go into the options menu and connectivity and turn wireless off and that sort of thing. Uh, something I've just started to play with is they have in version eight point two a new macro creator. So, for example, I've written a, a very simple macro to uh, open up my word processor, go into my documents folder, pull up my, uh, my file that I keep my uh, credit card statement in. And so with, you know, two keystrokes, I can immediately uh, go there and write down, you know, whatever I just spent on my credit card and make sure I'm not overdrawing my checking account. So uh, that's pretty cool. A couple of minuses that I will say. Uh, I have to say the BrailleNote thumb keys are awesome. I, the, there are thumb keys on the top of the unit, but I really do like them more on the, on the front edge. I find that to be more intuitive. 
but I'm getting used to it. Um, also, like Windows, the uh, BrailleSense does not save documents, and that's taken a little bit of getting used to because I'm used to the BrailleNote auto-saving my documents for me. Uh, but uh, there are some advantages, too. The uh, BrailleSense will auto-backup the, uh, the address book and the planner as you add items to it. Uh, the BrailleSense has 32 gigs of memory, so it's a little bit more memory to play around with. And uh, overall, you know, a lot of the same things, but for the online features, the uh, BrailleSense for me has really been my best in tech for 2014. Our next speaker is a person who's going to tell us about doing that. And he comes to us from the Ella Unified School District. He works in the same office as my girlfriend, Trina James. Where is Trina? And our next speaker is Mr. Lalo Lizardi. Lalo. Well, I'll start by saying, hello, this is not Steve Bauer. <laughs> It's a tough act to follow with Steve, but uh, here I am. Um, glad you guys all made it here. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Bill and everyone else on the committee for um, inviting me to talk this afternoon. Um, not really going to talk to you about a particular device. More, I'm going to talk to you about um, downloading books from Bookshare. Um, so, before I do that, how many in this room are teachers? There's Mr. Christian, first in line. How many of you are students? All right, there's, there's room for more teachers, of course. Okay, so recently what we have found with LA Unified is that more and more we have students who are taking classes where books aren't available in Braille or in a large print format. So what we have had to do during this last year is download books from wherever we can get them, of course. Um, also, there's um, more and more charter schools coming on, and so they are not uh, governed, I guess, by the typical uh, adapted books, so they can basically use anything that they want. So what happens in this case is we look around, and it just so happens that um, one of the services that we use, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with, is Bookshare. Yes, anybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so one of the services that we use is Bookshare. And one of the things that I was asked is, well, what is the difference between downloading a BRF file or a DAISY file? Which do I choose when I'm in Bookshare? And so I guess the answer is, yes, it matters. No, it doesn't really matter. So I will tell you what I have found. And I will also, before I do this, I will tell you that I know that there are many ways of doing what I'm about to tell you. So definitely, if there's an easier way, I'd love to hear it. 
um, see me after our presentation and we can talk about it. But here's what I've generally have found. And I'm going to assume that you all know how to download a book from BRF. You choose DAISY or you choose BRF. I will tell you why maybe one is better than the other. Um, you choose the format basically based on what you want to do. If you want to emboss a document or a book, then you choose BRF. If it's for reading preferences, then you download a DAISY book. Now, and I've been asked, why do I download a DAISY book if I can download a BRF file since I'm going to be reading it on a device such as the Apex, which is what Ella Unified mostly has. And so they're going to be reading it on the Braille display. And why do I need to download a DAISY book? Well, the answer is, when you download a DAISY book, you've got more navigation features that you can use. So BRF files, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump back and forth between the two of them, so I hope I don't confuse you guys. Uh, I will probably end up confusing me, but uh, let's see if we can keep you guys not confused. So when you download a BRF file, let's start out with that. One of the first things you want to do and many of our students were not doing it, is you need to open up the file in the book reader rather than the word processor. And you do that because if you're playing around with the keyboard trying to find a command to do a search or to do something else, you will probably inadvertently input something into the existing file. And you probably don't want to do that. Because you'll come across it, and then you'll say, oh, what's this mistake? And it'll probably be something that you inputted before. So we advise all of our students to open the book in the book reader. Now, with the BRF file, you can, of course, use your typical reading commands to go forward, go back, go on, uh, you know, uh, so on and so forth. As far as searching for a page number or a chapter number, that can also be done. Okay, now, switching back to a DAISY book. When you download a DAISY book, you could also use your commands for reading and advancing and going back and so on and so forth. You can also do a search. The difference between doing a search in a BRF file and doing a search in a DAISY uh, file is how you enter the information that you're searching for. If you're using a BRF file and you want to do a search, you must enter the, uh, the word or the search string that you're looking for in uh, contracted Braille. Because if you use uncontracted Braille, it's going to tell you that it didn't find that particular item that you're looking for. Same goes for a... Daisy book. If you want to look for something, now you can't use the contracted Braille. You have to use the computer Braille. And in this case, the Braille note does tell you that you need to use computer Braille to do that search string. So both of these um, file types you can read with your regular commands. Both of these files, you can search for certain items, your chapter number, your page number for particular words, and work 
Where it may get a little bit better is if you download a DAISY book, now you've got choices. You can go ahead or jump ahead by using a command to the next chapter, the next paragraph, the next page, so on and so forth, which you don't have with the BRF file. So if you're one to read chapter by chapter by chapter and then maybe leaving the book, walking away and picking it up again and you say, okay, if for some reason your device did not remember where you were, you know that you were on chapter three, you can search for chapter three and then uh, you can move ahead using your daisy commands. So that in a nutshell is really um, how we advise our students and we work with our teachers so that they can work with our students to try to navigate throughout uh, the uh, particular books. So which one is better? Well, it kind of depends on what you want to do with it. As I said before, and just kind of wrapping up, if you want to emboss, of course, BRF, because it's already Braille formatted, and you can put it through the embosser and do it that way. If you're reading, it really doesn't matter unless you want to have that extra searching ability where you can jump by particular segments in your, store, in your story or in your book, then you download the DAISY book. Okay, and uh, let me see. One other point that I think I wanted to make. The buzzer just threw it out of my mind. Uh, well, basically, I guess in wrapping up, um, just want to... First of all, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to all the teachers that support the students. And yes, we need to move on with technology. And if, um, as I said before, as there's, if there's another better way of doing this, I certainly would be willing to hear it and uh, see if we can pass this on uh, to our students. Because, as you guys know, our students come first. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, all right, so our next speaker is not only a very, very well-known gentleman, he not only looks good wearing his cocoon shades, <laughs> but this man is also an incredible chef, and he's going to give us some chef secrets tonight. So without any further ado, Mr. Ken Metz. All right, Ken. <laughs> Hi, Ken. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Steve Bauer. Uh, actually, I've been asked to speak about one device, but I might quickly speak about two and sneak one in here. But I don't know how many of you out there in the audience like to cook. All right. All right. Well, I have found, I love sushi, so, but I haven't made it yet. I'll have to let you teach me. Um, one of the things I found this year that I think is absolutely incredible is something that you can use with your iPhone. And I believe they're working or have an Android app, but I am not certain of that. It is called a company called iDevices. 
It's I-D-E-V-I-C-E-S dot com. And they have something called a two things. Well, even more since this came out. A mini grill and a grill. These are not grills. They are thermometers, cooking thermometers. A lot of you have been asking for different types of thermometers that you can actually put into the oven, put into the meat that you're cooking, and be able to know on the outside by remote control, basically, what the temperature is, when is the meat going to be done, how can you set it. With this particular device, you are actually able to take your iPhone Let's say you're going to be cooking a roast beef and you want to cook it to a medium or uh, medium rare to medium, maybe 135 degrees. You can actually tell this thermometer with your phone that you want to cook this, that that you're cooking beef, that it's a roast, and you want it to medium. It will automatically tell you that medium is 135 degrees. If you want to cook it to a medium well, you might go to 145, and you can tell it medium well. And it will, when it gets to the temperature of 135, let's say for the medium, you can set an alarm, either an alarm that's provided, they have three different choices, I believe it is, or you can have it set to one, a song that might be in your iPhone that will go off when the meat is done. I have used this in, a, in an outdoor grill. I have used it in the oven. They have another probe that you can connect and use the same basic unit with another probe that you can put into your smoker And it will actually, let's say when you're smoking, I don't know how many of you know this, but you have to keep the temperature between certain degrees. So maybe you're going between 250 and uh, 225 and 250. If it goes outside of those temperature ranges, it will let you know. It will also let you know when the meat that you're cooking is done again to your Uh, rare, medium, rare, medium, medium well, or well. It will ask you if you're doing beef, pork, chicken, fish. You have choices. You can actually set the temperature that you want the meat to if you just want to do it by temperature alone. You can actually take this device and if, uh, if you come up to the front afterward, I will show you that you can just turn it on. It will tell you the temperature of the room where you're located. So it's a wonderful, wonderful new tool for people who are using the kitchen as their hobby, as their everyday requirement for cooking food. And you know something I have done pork roasts, I have done beef roasts, I have done whole chickens, and they have come out absolutely perfect to that temperature. So I'm really impressed because I've been looking for a device like this for a long time, and they have them. They've been out for several years, but you had to be able to read a print remote control 
in order to do it. Now a blind person can do all of this by itself. They have two. One is the mini grill, which you can put into one piece of meat. They also have a grill thermometer, which you can actually cook four different types of meat and have each one set off with a different alarm and set for a different setting. So you can actually cook pork, beef, chicken, and fish all in the same, with the same unit. And you're able to handle it. They also have a probe, that, as I said, that you can use with your smoker. So I think it's incredible. And very quickly, I'm going to sneak in one other thing that I have absolutely enjoyed over the last five, six months. That is the new wave oven. Now, a lot of you have seen it on infomercials. And one of the problems with infomercials and things like that is the fact that people don't, you know, those of us who can't see it on TV, we hear all the wonderful things of how great it is, how succulent the food is, how moist everything is, how much fat you get out, but we don't know if it's really accessible or not. Well, a friend of mine ended up getting one of these deals off of TV, and it wasn't QVC this time, although I love QVC. It wasn't that. It's, this was a two-for-one offer, and he got two of them, so I bought one of them from him. And actually, once you set it up and everything, the buttons, even though it is a digital display, they do beep um, when you press them so you know that you've done it right. The buttons actually depress, and the buttons actually stick up enough where you can feel them. It's set up like a phone pad. So you can set, if you want 14 minutes, you, tie, you push in one and four, just like you would on a phone, and you hit the start button, which you can also feel on the top right, and it goes. After that, it beeps when it's complete. You can turn your meat over. I've done chickens and things in there as well. I've done it also with the iDevice mini grill thermometer, just to make sure the temperature is right. And it works perfectly, easy to clean. So anything you want to ask me about those two devices or other things about cooking, please come up afterwards. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I think it's my third time here as a speaker. And we'll see what we can come up for Best in Tech 2015 next year. Thank wow. you. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ken. Sounds so good. Everything sounds so good, making all of us really hungry here. Okay, our, our last presentation is a speaker who has been with us here before at the Best in Tech, and many of you have known her for many of her works in the past. She's previously an actress. She's a motivational speaker. She is an author. And she used to also have her own radio show. And today, uh, Kristen McDonald will be talking about her favorite app for her iPhone. So, Kristen McDonald, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Bill. It is so delightful to be here again this year, I can't tell you. The only problem is 
is that I tell people it wasn't the vision loss that drove me to madness. It's all these voices that I hear all day long. <laughs> Can you guys relate to that? Yeah. It's, it starts with the, you know, I misplaced my talking watch today and I went crazy before coming and starts with the talking clock. Then we go to Siri, who gives us the weather now or anything else we want. And then we go to check our iPhones and, you know, you try to try calling access when the two voices are speaking to you. Oh, my God, that's total schizophrenia. Anyway, so I am so happy to be here today. And uh, last year I talked on how the Mac changed my life. And I'm very happy to say that I'm still excited about the Apple products. And as a result, now I'm having a lot of fun and keeping up with the rest of you with all these great apps. And when Julian asked me to speak on something that had enhanced my life, I started going through the different apps and applications. And, you know, they start with sleep and noise sounds and uh, a meditation app that I have, and uh, the list goes on. But one stood out for me, and it, the, it's called Tap Tap C. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a lot of fun. And it's a big help to me because uh, last October I was in Whole Foods and this gal approached me and she said, I just want you to know, you look great, but you're wearing one red shoe and one black. <laughs> now, just because you don't, you don't think I'm a total doofus, I bought the same shoes in different colors. Never to do that as a blind person, okay? <laughs> so I was super excited when I found out. And Julian said, well, we want to know what enhanced your life personally and professionally. And I said, well... You know, if you're not pulled together, you'll never get anywhere personally or professionally. So anyway, I'm sure you can relate to that, right? Trying to match your socks when you're blind. And I must have 100 pairs of mismatches. I'm always throwing them out. Except for those cool little things at Braille, you know, the rubber things that keep them together. So anyway, the first time that I used TapTapC, I was at a graduation ceremony. And I took a picture of my friend next to me when she wasn't looking. And I said, by the way, I love your leopard dress and your brown hat. And she said, oh, thanks. And then she stopped and she said, how did you know that? <laughs> so I started using it more and more. So anyway, down to the basics. The, the exciting thing for me and for other people is that this is an app that will actually take a picture and read first in your wardrobe patterns of colors. Um, I compared it to an app called Color Say which actually I was a little disappointed in. It takes a great deal of time. You have to be completely focused. Sometimes it gets it right. The, the color descriptions are Peru and Wheatberry, and, you know, it's just, it just was too much of a hassle for me. But I love TapTapC because it was very, very accurate. It will also read a, a small amount of text, and according to the company, they're working on the ability to read... Uh, much more text. It will decipher a, a $1 bill or a 20. You know, it'll read money. It'll read barcodes. Um, the company actually told me that people use it a great deal in the kitchen, which I'm going to start using it now, taking my phone everywhere. You know, when you have two cans of soup and you don't know one is black beans and one is uh, tomato soup or whatever. But it will actually read the descriptions uh, of medicine bottles, I guess there was one report, according to the, the lovely gal that I spoke to at TapTapC, of this woman who used it to read her medicine bottles, and she was so grateful because she was just about to put her hand on the Gorilla Glue. Oh. <laughs> now, 
She would have been really stuck, okay? <laughs> so sometimes it's the little things in life that can get us out of the big trouble. So I also ran this by a friend of mine, Tom Sullivan, the actor, whom I've known for years, and asked him if this would benefit him because he's been blind from birth. And he said, no, it probably wouldn't because he's never seen a blue sky or, you know, he's never seen what his socks look like or a can of soup. And, you know, he, he has a wonderful wife who matches his outfits every single day. And he said, only if I were to screw up Patty's outfit that she put together for me. But I'm sure it could be helpful for other people. And yet, when I talked to other people who had been blind from birth, they said that they used it sufficiently in the kitchen and for these other things that were... Well, you know, I mentioned to you earlier. Now, the app is used to be free, okay? Little catch there. They give you 100 pictures to start. And after that, they have three packages of subscriptions, I think starting with $5 and then $7 and so forth. You can go to the website, taptapapp.com, and uh, get further information on that. They told me that the technology is expensive, uh, the I think it's called APA, which is the technology that goes into the phone. So that's why they are charging on subscriptions, but they are in search of grants now, and they're in touch with a lot of people because they realize that it would be a nice thing to do to have it as a free app again. So I guess they have to pay their, their bills to keep themselves going while they, while they do the research. We all understand that. So, you know, technology is changing so fast, and it's it's all about reinventing yourself. You know, that's why we're, we're here today. And um, if you don't keep up with technology, you're, you're going to be left at the back of the bus. So, I mean, I, I give you all a high five for being here today because it's really important. These little tiny things, like I said, sometimes can enhance or en enable us to move forward. And, and by the way, in particular on this app, there was another one that I compared it to, which was VizWiz, I believe. And... Yes, you use that. And, and I understand that takes like a 24 hours to get back to you, you know, to read something. Now, who has 24 hours today? You know, <laughs> Siri's got everything like that. So, so um, I guess they're working on the ability to read the text and read exactly what's in the picture back to you very early on. But, I, you know, I just want to say something again about technology. I saw on the news yesterday that robots may be replacing people in the stores in about 10 years. Now, can you imagine you're off to Home Depot and it's, Mr. Johnson, we're <laughs> off to the paint now. Is that what you are looking for? Thank you. Very nice. Have a nice day. <laughs> so think about this. The world is just exploding. I mean, if Helen Keller were here today, I'm sure she'd be texting you right now. Okay? So, I mean, it's a rocking world now when it comes to technology, and we're so lucky to be here today. So I want you just to tap the person next to you just nicely, and after me, repeat after me. I am here to find a new vision. Here to find a new vision. And a second vision in technology. Second vision technology. To propel me forward. To propel me forward. That's awesome. That's great. So, listen, thank you so much. And, you know, it, don't buy two of the same shoes in the same style, okay? <laughs> Unless you want the fashion police after you. But I vote for Tap Tap C. You can visit their website. And if any questions you want to come up, and I'm happy to take a picture of you. No. Uh -oh. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>